You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Welcome to Success Leaves Clues podcast, where I find regular people doing outstanding and phenomenal things in corporate America and entrepreneurship. Of course, I'm your host, Dr. K. I have with me today, Welby Aisley, at my best 197. Y'all probably seen him everywhere, man. Uh, a guru in real estate. And thank you for blessing us with some time today, Welby. Listen, I'm humbly appreciate to doing this with you. I'm not a guru, man. I'm a regular guy, just like you guys. I just do real estate, man. But I appreciate your kind words, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So not a guru, but you're very knowledgeable. You even teach others to do exactly what it is um, that you're doing, how to avoid some pitfalls and mistakes. Uh, What first brought you into real estate before you even got into being, you know, a coach or mentor and that type of stuff? Um, Well, I I always tell the story of my godfather. Uh, My godfather planted the seed of being being in real estate but I didn't realize it until later on in life. Mm. So at the age of seven years old is when that was implanted in my mind. Um, and as I said, later on, I realized the influence that he had in me. And what happened is that myself and my siblings, uh, along with my parents, my aunt, my uncles, uh, we all lived in a small three bedroom apartment in the projects in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I'm from Brooklyn, okay. born, in, born in Queens, and I'm living now on, on Long Island. So my godfather was the first person I could remember that when he would come to my our home, he looked different from everybody else. He was that he was clean cut, yeah, nicely shaven, dressed nice, had a nice car, and then he would also do something that was impo- that I, that influenced me huge, where he would take myself and my twin brother and my other three, four or four brothers. Um, it's five of us in total. And we would all go to Long Island along sometimes with my parents or just myself or with my siblings. And we would go and hang out with him. And he lived in the suburbs. So if anybody understands the, 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 the dramatic change from being in the projects in the concrete jungle and then going to the suburbs, it was dramatic. And yeah. one of the things that was one of what that was extremely influential to me was that when we were living in the projects in, in Brooklyn, my parents were extremely protective so we would be able to ride we would ride our bicycles but we were only allowed to ride our bicycles in the in the cul-de-sac riding around in a circle Mm. so when i would visit my godfather in long island and he would say hey guys get out the house go play and me and my brothers we would kind of like be like okay and we'd only play in a really small area and he'd be like no take the bike and ride and when we would ride our bikes we were able to ride our bikes in the middle of the street 
on the yeah. sidewalk all over. And I was blown away as a kid, simply just being able to ride my bike in the middle of the street. And later on, I'm starting to realize that my godfather was into real estate. He owned his own brokerage. He had people that worked for him. He owned two or three rental properties. And that's when I started realizing that he was able to build the lifestyle that he, he, that he was living was through real estate. And that was like the first seed that was planted in my mind about the power of real estate. And then uh, um, um, I just grew to have serious interest in real estate later on in life. Did, did that experience impact any of your other, you know, four brothers the way it did you? Or Because I find it interesting sometimes you can grow up in the same household, you know, and turn out totally different than somebody that you even was raised with. Um. Yes and no. Me and my twin brother, as far as uh, um, um, ambition of uh, uh, um, looking outside of just employment. Uh, me and my brothers kind of neck and neck with that. Uh, my other brothers, we, we, we've, we've all ultimately end up doing good for ourselves, but as far as the entrepreneurial spirit, I guess, if you could say, yeah. um, it was really me and my twin brother primarily. Yeah. Okay. So you, you were exposed to like this sense of freedom, um, you know, being able to go spend time with your uncle and you found out that freedom kind of came from real estate. But how long was it? I mean, you were a child then just riding your bike. So how long was it before you actually were able to do something in real estate? I didn't start investing in, in real estate till the age of 26, 25, 26 years old. That was when I first got into doing real estate. Uh, be, prior to me officially getting into real estate, um, you know, everybody's talking around you about being an entrepreneur. Everybody's yeah. talking around you about investing and uh, regardless what it was. And um, at the time when I started investing was around the subprime um, um, a mortgage. Uh, so that would be, I started buying around 2004. So this was the thing, thing to do. Everybody was doing it. Yeah. Then of course, when I talked to you about the influence of, of what I described to you prior with my, with my godfather, um, um, I jumped in because everybody else was 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 doing it and wanted to do it. But because of the influence, I was like, man, I could do it, too. But I didn't understand how how much work it entailed and and, and the things that would have been needed for it to for me to be successful. So uh, uh, but I, I started investing, like I said, sometime around 2004, I started investing in real estate. Yeah. So tell me about that first transaction. Was it was it scary for you to get into? I, I, I'm still scared today, but I'm, oh, I'm so, so, so I guess we could say to make it clear with everybody, the fear never goes away. Mm. The, 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 you, 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 you always have a level of uh, apprehension when you're doing something, especially when you're about to indebt yourself and also put up a bunch of money, right. That yeah. you work for. But as far as my first deal, um, I wanted to be a landlord. You know, I'm I'm hearing, you know, people are buying real estate, people are supposedly making all this money being a landlord. Yeah. I want to be a landlord too. So the first piece of property that I purchased was in in Atlanta, in Stone Mountain, Georgia. And I bought me a four unit property or four family property for my first investment property. Um um and my entry and my entry point was being a landlord. Okay. And how, how did it work out for you being a landlord? Horrendous. 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 
I uh, uh, at the time, if anybody understands the subprime mortgage era, all you needed to do was have a pulse. You were breathing, you were alive, and they were throwing mortgages at you. Mm. So thankfully, at the time, I was uh, I was gainfully employed. Uh, thankfully, at the time, I was responsible, so I had strong credit. Um, but I didn't even need to come to the table with any money. I just needed to be alive, and I was the, the banks were given what they call at that time, 106% financing. They were, they were financing you 100%, and then the additional 6% was for the closing costs that they rolled into the mortgage. So when I bought the property, I bought the property uh, with what what is 106% financing, but the real breakdown is an 80-20 loan. So 80% of the loan was purchased with one bank, and in the same deal, the other 20% that was a much higher interest rate was, was then done with another mortgage company. And then the interest rate, excuse me, the, uh, the, the, the closing cost or the closing fees of the actual transaction was tied into the whole deal, which came up to the 106% financing. So at the time when I, I bought the property, I paid for that, for that four unit, I paid $220,000 for that property. So okay. I didn't come out of pocket anything major out of my own pocket, and I and I find and then I ended up buying and owning a uh, four unit building. All right. So you you said you weren't afraid, and then but you said this was horrendous. So what what allowed you to get through that transaction and uh, and still you know, to I, this day be in it? I was afraid. I was terrified. Yeah. Uh, um, um, as far as me getting into it, once again, it's just. Anybody could have did it at the time because you just had to be alive. Yeah. What well, the reason why I say it was horrendous is because I was taken advantage of. I didn't realize it through the entire process up to the to the closing table, purchasing the property, and then of course ultimately owning it. But I didn't understand the process. There's a there's 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 a basic tried and tested process within real estate that everybody that's in real estate that is doing real estate to scale that is actually a real estate investor that the foundation of doing it, there's a process that you go through yeah. to vet a deal, to make sure that the deal makes sense and that the deal will work for what your ultimate goals are with the property. I didn't understand that. I just thought that my win was because I was able to buy the property. Oh, okay. like, so when I, what, what, what I'm talking about that happened in 2004, what are we in 2022? So yeah. what is that? 18 years later yeah. and we're right back where we right back where we started but the dynamics are different but the end results are going to be the same so when i bought the property for the 220 and it's supposed to be a rental property hey if we're here to be a landlord or we're buying a rental property what's the ultimate goal with owning a rental property uh it should be the cash flow i believe right Right, hundred percent right. That's the logic. Yeah, I didn't understand cash flow. I didn't understand that the manner of how I'm buying this property with me acquiring the property, and then of course, since it's four units, that means that there have to be four apartments that has to produce income that ultimately will have to be able to pay the debt, and then leave me with uh, the surplus, which would be my net cash flow. Yeah, I didn't understand that. I was just happy that I was able to buy it. And then I was encouraged by the realtor, the mortgage lender and everyone else in between that was supposed to look at my best, look, look out for my best interest. 
So now I own the property. They all disappear. And here I am. I own a property that I thought that I could make work and that I'd be able to cash flow. But when I started inputting uh, the numbers to what I thought could be based off of what was represented to me, it never worked out. That property uh, mortgage, if I, if I can remember off the top of my head, was maybe $1,800 a month. Okay. Each unit was supposedly supposed to rent out and profit me at least $700 per month. $700 times four, I'm supposed to have been able to get $2,800 per month. Yeah. So that means before paying out expenses, I should have had a roughly $1,000 net profit. Now you're going to pay, uh, 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 um, what you call this, a uh, 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 property manager to manage the property for you, which they will charge you 10% of the gross income, right? Uh-huh. Ultimately ended up happening is the best I was able to rent these apartments for. And we're not even counting my rehab costs and everything else, which I didn't understand that either. The most I was able to get out of those apartments was $500 a month. So $500 a month times four is $2,000 a month. Yeah. So some people will say, well, well, be the mortgage is $1,800. You were left with $2,000. But no, you got the it. property manager gets 10%. Yeah. So the property manager got uh two, excuse me, $200 a month, which it, and plus the other miscellaneous fees and costs I had to do with managing, I was in the negative every month, several hundred dollars. Yeah. And this is from out the gate of me owning the property. So it was only a matter of time. I mean, there's so much more that happened in, in between that I talk about in, in depthly with, with, with the people I, that, 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 that follow me. And then of course I mentor and stuff like that of what ultimately ended up happening. So if, if we could fast forward it, I ended up approximately three years later losing the property to foreclosure. What okay. I attempted to do was I tell everybody I was trying to save my life, mm. my economic life, yeah. my personal life, my pride. I did what everybody's doing today. I was trying to do the bird strategy. Buy it, buy, rehab, yeah. refinance. Repeat. Rent. You skip rent. rent. Yeah, rent. I'm sorry. Rent. <laughs> thank you. Repeat. Look, as much as I do and as much properties that I own, the means that I own, I don't act like I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a, a brainiac. But yes, you understand. So it. that I attempted to try to do that. So I so ultimately I ended up refinancing the property. But what people don't understand when you're doing that strategy, which is nothing wrong with doing it as long as you're doing it properly. Properly, excuse me, the ultimate end goal of that process is more debt. So when I refinanced the property, I had to refinance the property, adding more debt. So now my $220,000 mortgage turned into $240,000. My property that I was cash, that I was, excuse me, um, mortgage that was $1,800 increased to $2,100. Wow. The rent still didn't change. Yeah. The property manager payment still didn't change, but my losses every month increased. Mm-hmm. Long, of course, now being a landlord, you're gonna have tenants that don't pay. Yeah. You're gonna have rent. You're gonna. We didn't even start talking about the maintenances of stuff that I, that I had to go through, the rehabs I had to go through. That was horrendous with the contractor robbing me and everything else like that. Long story. What ended up happening? I ended up losing the property to foreclosure. My property that I purchased 
at the bank for 200, excuse me, at, that I purchased from the bank for 220,000, refinanced to 240,000, was ultimately sold at auction for $60,000. God, dog. So now when we talking about, when we're talking yeah. about uh, uh, um, fighting for your life, do you understand how devastating that is to me? Do you understand yeah. how devastating that was to me? Yeah, I, I, my, I really, my, I really couldn't imagine. Because then you see, you 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 followed that property after the foreclosure, and then you see it go for sixty thousand. You understand? Do you understand the blow to your to you? Yeah. And my that property was essentially like my child. Yeah. You understand? All of my properties, in a sense, it's business, but you got to nurture them like your children. So you imagine now you're trying to nurture something and it ultimately, I mean, if you want to go be morbid and say it died, you know how devastating that was? Mm. So, um, yeah, so, so, so that's what ultimately ended up happening. My credit went from the mid 700s to the low fives. You know, I'm, I was supposed to not be able to buy any more real estate for at least seven years. Yeah. And all the other things that come with that. I was devastated, you know? Well, well, but you t you're talking about um, fighting for your life. And you're talking about, you know, being a man, we got pride. And how did you get through a situation where a lot of times people hold on to an investment, a business, you know, some type of idea for too long? Even people hold on to relationships for too long because they don't want people on the outside to That's see right. them as a failure. That's you know, right. How did you get through that part? Exactly what you described is exactly what happened to me. I was I was fighting for my life, fighting to save it. So you imagine now I'm working and then I'm taking the income that I'm generating from my employment to then pay a mortgage on a property I'm not living there and I'm still living at home with my parents. My tenants were living better than me. And I fought, 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 but then it got to a point that economically, let's say I was here, the property was here and then finally got to a point we met at the middle. Then I started going to the point that this is me here and now I'm down here now. Mm. And now I had to make a choice. Either I got to let this property go and take the licks that I'm about to get and accept it or I'm going to, we all going to come down. So I ended up having to let it go and it, it, it took approximately eight or nine months for the foreclosure to happen. Yeah. And I just had to let it go. And then you watch, you imagine now, I pay attention to my credit and then I get my first notification that they just notified the fact that I didn't pay my mortgage yet. And I would hit my credit, a late fee. Then I start getting the pink slips from the banks. Then I started getting the, 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 the tenants contacting me and saying, hey, a marshal came over here and said that the property's about to go to, 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 to foreclosure and all this other crazy stuff yeah. until it ultimately happened. So um, it, it was just... It was just devastating. It was just, uh, you know, just devastating. But clearly you persevered. Something else that you were, were talking about. So you got into that property um, and you got taken advantage of, you're saying, because back then it was, like you said, if you got a pulse, you can get the property. And you're seeing a lot of the same trends, same things happening in the times that we're in right now. Can you tell me what you mean by that? Because it's not really the subprime thing. But it's something else going on that, that you're noticing. Let me, let, here's a question I, I always ask people, right? Um, I look at you like a brother. 
I care about you, right? And I mean, I, I mean that sincerely. Yeah. God forbid if I got a word and they said that Kevin passed away, and then they said to me, "Hey, he had a heart attack," or someone else says to me, "Hey, he died in a car accident." The end result is, I'm fucked up yeah. because my boy is gone. Yeah. So who cares how it happened? My boy is not here anymore. I'm hurt. So when we get caught up with the trick, and I hope you understand my analogy, yeah. we get caught up with the trick of, oh, the reason why that occurred at that time was because of the subprime mortgages. Then now what we're happening today, they're saying, hey, today it's not about the subprime mortgages. It's because of what happened with the pandemic or it's because of the inflation, or it's because of whatever that they want. The end result is you're going to have a lot of people, excuse my language, if I may curse, going to be fucked up. Mm. And I don't think that they're going to be worrying about was it because of the subprime or was it because of the pandemic? It's going to be the fact that the end result is they're going to be financially devastated. You understand? Yeah. So who cares what the root cause of it is? Are you prepared for it? Are you prepared to be able to navigate through it? So if you look at, at, regardless of what the root cause was, the effects of how the economy is acting within the real estate business, it's the same shit. Yeah. They just package it differently. They just package it differently. So the same way when you see reckless spending, that was happening back then. The same way you seeing artificially priced houses as in terms of the values increase. That happened then too. Yeah. The same way you seeing mortgage lenders and realtors manipulating the people to buy that property because they don't want to be FOMO, fear of missing out. It's the same thing that happened back then too. It's the same thing. Mm. So when I'm standing on top of a mountain, screaming out loud to the people, I'm not saying it because I want to be right. My goal is not to be right and to prove them wrong. That's not my goal. My goal is to... Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Make sure you're on the right side of the tracks, regardless what happens. That's what my goal is. So who cares what the root cause is? So when I'm watching that avalanche coming, I'm yelling, screaming. Who cares the reason why the avalanche came is because it was a dynamite that came or was simply because one of the people were walking and they, they, they pushed the right pebble that dropped the avalanche. The bottom line is the avalanche is coming, people. Mm. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um you got me going on the rent. So <laughs> no, nah, you you you're right on point because um sometimes people they only want to see the good side and they even though they see all these warning signs, they don't want to acknowledge it. And right now, you know, it's a good time for everybody to be, you know, in real estate, you know, flipping houses. It's good for the realtors right now. Um, don't really need a whole lot of talent. You know, some of them are thinking they're good. That, they, they might I, not I, be. I call them out every day. Yeah. I, I call them out every day. And I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't disrespect nobody. I always tell people that we're not here to do a world star hip hop moment. Mm -hmm. I only speak my truth. 
Now I can't, I can't guarantee how somebody's going to take it, but I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the facts of it. Most of the realtors don't know what the hell they're doing. They don't. You got a whole lot of new realtors today that are looking like superstars that was not here three years ago. They jumped in because all you got to do is throw crap to the wall. That's it. It's going to sell. It's going to sell. Same thing with mortgage lenders. Same thing with people that are doing startup contractors, contracting. Mm -hmm. Everybody got free money because of these incentives, the the, the government uh, uh, um, credits and all the other things that happened. So everybody got money, even though it's borrowed money. Everybody got money. (laughs) So everybody looking like superstars. But it's changing now. Okay. Pay attention. I tell you, just look. Shut up a second, sit down, and just look, and you'll see it. Now, let's see how these people in all the different sectors will perform in the next few months, the next year. Yeah. You will not see them. You will not see most of them around. So are you prepared to be able to capitalize on one of the greatest financial wealth transfers in our in, in the world's lifetime? And everybody got an opportunity to take advantage of it. Every one of us got an opportunity to take advantage of it. Yeah. So so something like that is inevitable, right? You talk about like the, the avalanche scenario. Who cares how it happened? But whether it happens right now or whether it happens in five years five from now, years. it's it's, it's going to occur. So what do, you, what do you say to the to the investor who is new, doesn't have the experience that you have, to get through something like that. You had a lot of resiliency. You had a lot of, you know, fortitude to push through something like that. That would have crushed a lot of people. Even, even well, here's, you know. here's the thing, if I may add, uh, 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 you're, you're only hearing of the first instance of me failing. I, I failed in this business catastrophically three times. Mm. So the same scenario I just finished describing to you and how I got wiped out to literally zero yeah. That happened to me three times in this business, three times. And so that was my entry points in being a landlord. And then, of course, I came back into the game trying to be a flipper. I got wiped out again. Yeah. You understand? And then when I got wiped out, I got back up, took me a couple of years to dust myself up, pick up again, and I get wiped out again. So um, your question was, uh, what was your question again? I'm sorry. The, the question is about resiliency because you pushed through what what I was saying one time, but it's three times you push through, you know, being wiped out, uh, a downfall, the 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 emotional roller coaster of that all, and somebody's going to go through that when this inevitable crash happens, whether it's this year, whether it's in five years. So how what do you say to that investor so that they can get through that type of situation? The biggest thing that I would ever tell somebody is to properly educate yourself. That's the number one thing. The number one thing, align yourself up with somebody or people that are really experienced in it. Mm-hmm. Not that they look like they are, but they truly experienced in it. Because you will take losses in this business. Everybody takes losses. Everybody takes losses in this business. Not because you're stupid, not because you're an idiot, not because everybody takes losses. Even with the stuff I'm doing now, man, listen, bro, I got $50,000. I got tied up in a situation right now today. And I'm like, yo, damn, how the hell am I get my man, my money out of that shit, man? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So 
We all going to take losses. The name of the game is to make sure that your wins are that much more bigger and heavier that you could absorb it. Mm. So you better align yourself up with people that are really playing in this game. Yeah. Better educate yourself. Understand the importance of, I know you guys heard it before, buying right. And understand how to identify before you even acquire, how are you buying right? Does it align with what your ultimate goals are with that property? Are you wholesaling it? Are you flipping it? Are you keeping it long term? There's a different approach for each scenario. If you could buy it correctly, oh, oh to, and to add to, as long as you understand that from the beginning, what's going to happen in a market is irrelevant to you. Mm. Okay. It doesn't matter if the market is going to have a downturn or if the market's going to continue going up. It don't matter if the interest rates are going to go at the 2%, 3% or if the interest rates are going to be 20%. That is irrelevant to you because at the end of the day, when you do your homework from the beginning of analyzing that project or that mm. property, excuse me, if it doesn't align, regardless of the direction or the trajectory that the market is going or not, comparatively to whatever the interest rates are, if it don't align, it ain't a deal. But if it does align, regardless of the trajectory, yeah. regardless of the interest rate, you're going to buy that property. It took me a long time to understand that. Got it. It took me a long time to understand that. And when it snapped in my mind, yo, bro, I'm a fucking animal, bro. Mm. I'm an animal, bro. And when I say that, I say that humble. Not an animal and I'm being better than John Doe yeah. or Jane Doe. I'm not chasing nobody. I'm proud of everybody. I'm happy for everybody. I'm talking about within what I got going on, I'm popping. I'm working. We're yeah. making money over here. That's what I'm talking about. So you need to understand that from the gate. Now, to go back to the original question, too, of being the, of the fear, of course I still have apprehension and, and, and uh, uh, anxiety. I'm, I'm about to write a check for $250,000. Damn. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to write a check for $250,000 to buy this piece of property. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to have anxiety. We're human. Yeah. It's okay. But the odds are way more in my favor that that $250,000 come up is going to be so great. It's worth the not gamble. A lot of people are gambling. It's worth the investment to do it. Right. Because you've analyzed it properly. You've reduced your risk. And, and so that can help you with that fear some too. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So you, you, you get through, um, you know, analyzing deals and stuff like that. And, and you talk about, um, you, you were just talking about people who are actually doing it and following somebody who actually does it. And, you know, you know, as Mr. Receipts. So you, you got documentation all day. You're not somebody who's just, you know, you know, gassing people up or showing uh, people things, you know, as a facade. If I may say so, if I may. Yeah. I don't have receipts because I'm trying to to, to brag. You yeah. know, I, I'm not into that. I what better than to have somebody that. Today, especially today, because of social media and because of the, the 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 ability of being able to communicate like you and I even doing right now, it's so easy for somebody to give you a theory of something, mm -hmm. the idea of something. There's a huge difference between a theory and the application. 
Yeah. When I speak with people, I'm not talking about the theory or the idea. I'm giving you factual applications. So at the end of it, when we conversing about a scenario, the exact application of what I'm telling you, the process of what I'm telling you resulted in this $80,000 check. We're talking facts. Mm, yeah. And too many people are enticed by the idea of something versus the reality of it. So that's the reason why I, 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 I'm, I'm big on receipts. I'm big on providing documentations of really, yeah, this is a project that we just completed or we did in the past or whatever yeah. it is. And this is what happened. That's the reason why I do that. Right. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't saying it in a way that you brag because I look at it like deeds, not words. Right. So if, if you want to go to a team, you got somebody like Phil Jackson. He's not bragging. He's got those championships. I mean, that's, that's just right. documented proof. So it's, it's not, you know, it's not in a way to brag at all. But um, if you got somebody that you want to be um, that you want to look up to or that you want to get guidance from, you want somebody who's uh, experienced. That's the most important thing. That's right. Yeah. So um, what what do you got going on currently that you're trying to. Uh, you know, get going for the people, because that's that's what it's all about. Well, you know, I've been I've been doing. Uh, what I call the real estate ride along. Uh -huh. So I've been doing that for a number of years. Uh, the, the pandemic slowed us down a little bit, but I've been doing ride alongs where I literally have people and they fly throughout the entire country and they come into the the, 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 the states that they could drive to where I take, I spend, I'd say about 12 hours with them where they come in and hang out with me. They come to one of my facilities uh, uh, um, and I take them out to go see multiple current property projects I got going on. Yeah. And then I also, which would be, let's say flips. And then I would then tie that into the rental properties that I own. And then I showed them receipts. I showed them the processes, excuse me, of how I acquired that property, why I bought it. Here's the first stage of where we at with the rehabbing, explain to them how I broke down, figuring out the rehab course, the whole process. Then I take them to another property where it's midway through. Then I take them to another property, which is finished, completed, and is prop uh, at that point, hopefully, it's already on the market for sale. And all of those properties are my properties. And then I show people from that. The goal with me flipping houses is to gain capital so I could buy rental properties. Mm. I don't do what a lot of yeah. people promote with 3.5% down FHA. I don't push that. I push positioning yourself to come in here as a real player and put down the 20, 25% that these banks would like to see you do to acquire that rental unit. And then you want to make sure that this rental unit is cash flow. So I, that's a yeah. whole day thing. That's called the real estate ride along. Um, and then I was, I used to in the past, I might do them again where I would do what, what I would call the real estate boot camp, mm. where I would acquire a property. And I would set it up and I would have upwards of 15 to 20 people that would be going through through the entire process of me uh, purchasing the property. So they would be with me seeing how I purchased the property, got it funded. I would even take some of them to the closing table with me if they've never been to a closing, close on the property. And then from that point, my average flips take around six to eight weeks. Yeah. They would have to dedicate coming out for the next six to eight weeks every single Saturday to see the progress of the property. And then we discuss the stage that that property is at. And then at the end, ultimately, the property would, would get on the market. It would sell. And then what I would do is everybody that comes to the real estate 
boot camp, I would help them to create uh, um, to get their LLCs and yeah. then to do an operational agreement with their LLC and my LLC where they would get tied into getting credit for their first flip without them actually having to have invested any money in that deal. Look, that I had to stop you because that's mind blowing and, and yeah. mind blowing in the sense of it's unheard of. You it, you're, you're lucky to get theory. And like you said, you're going to learn some acronyms, some some verbiage, some real estate terms. But okay. to get the practical um, hands on experience, um, some people will take a course and it, it'll be years before they ever even see the inside of a flip property. That's right. Yeah, that, that that's incredible. I think we we most of us learns the best <laughs> with what we can see and touch. Yeah. Most of us. And that what everything I described to you of what I'm doing is what I wished I had. Part mm. of the reason being taken advantage of is because I was looking for a big homie. Yeah. Or I was looking for a mentor. I was hoping to meet somebody that cared about me as much as I care about the people that I'm mentoring. And I wish that they would look, they would be like, Welby, you know what? I see this young, ambitious guy. Hey, Welby, come with me. Yeah. Let me show you. Yeah. That's what I was hoping for. But what these people all did is they saw me as an opportunity instead of looking at me as a person that they could help influence to be a player in this business. Yeah. And if I would have had that at the time, man, I, God knows where I'd be at. Right. So I'm doing what I wished happened for me. So when I have the people come and they part of my mentorship or they come to meet me at my project, you can see the light bulb click in their eyes. You can see it because they are they they were hearing the idea, but to physically see it, to smell it, oh yeah. shit, I got it. <laughs> I got, so that's yeah. what I that's what I had wanted to do with putting this together, you know. So I've had a I've had so many uh uh success stories, man. Which is a uh, um, um, humbling, you know, because when I get these people coming out to learn from me, it's humbling to even get that from people, you know. So, yeah, um, every, everything you're you're doing is really genuine, and uh, I appreciate that because, like you said, people can look at um, people that want to learn from them as a as an opportunity, right? And they can just you know sell sell them something quick, and uh, you're really developing people, pouring into them, and. You know, that's phenomenal. I'm, invo I'm, in I'm involved with my people. Don't get me wrong, man. Um, my the, the value that I have in my head is worth millions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, and I know my worth. I'm not going to let I'm not going to be taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. But you better believe that any, every dime that's invested in me for the benefit of you, you're going to get your money's worth way over. Way over. I do my I do my events, my events. Everybody around me that's in the game, when they hear the length of time I'm with the people, they're like, well, but you crazy. I'm talking about people that are in the game, supposedly trying to put the people on. They're like, man, five hours, we out of here. And the same amount of money that they charging, I'm with these people 12 hours. Yeah. Same thing with my mentorships when we're doing the Zoom. Most people look, got them on the clock 45 minutes. I'm on, I'm on it with them for two and a half hours. I love this real estate shit. Yeah. That's true. I love this real estate stuff, but you know what? I'm going to be properly compensated. Oh, yeah. You should. I, I, I can feel your passion, though. Yeah. 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 So, um, how, how long was it before you were able to get a mentor? I never, I still haven't gotten one. 
So you re- you really had to take the long road. Somebody really gets, like you said, that million dollars worth of knowledge that you have by by being able to be uh, in your mentorship. And I mean this extremely humble, humble too. I'm yeah. not saying I, I I I've never had anybody even till now. Now I've gotten to meet a lot of good friends. Yeah, I've met a lot of good friends. Um, um, I met a lot of good friends that are doing their thing in the business. And then as a friendship, you know, as, as brothers and even si- brothers and sisters, um, um, I've been able to extract ideas from them. Uh, because you know, if you, if you, if you did, if you're around people that are doing their thing too, which you, which you should, you'll be able to extract things. And I did like, yo, damn, I didn't, I didn't think about that. I'll do that too. Something like that. I've gotten that with, and I appreciate that from from people but as far as someone um as that that that's mentored me even till even now i'd love one mm. i'd love one i wouldn't i would i'd be i'd be happy to i'd love one but i haven't really had one no yeah so that that's even more impactful it's like uh you know not to get too deep reminds me of myself i didn't have a father you know what i mean so i'm a great dad and it's because you know i know everything that i missed out on i was like look i want to make sure my kids i pour into them you know, a whole lot. I try to that's be at every great. game, every, everything I can be at. That's that's wonderful, man. Yeah. We try to be better, right? You know, so when they say that, uh, <laughs> uh, um, um, you, that old saying, hurt people, hurt people, that's not true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's not true, you know? Uh, uh, we learn because there's certain things even growing up that I wish that I've had that 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 we try to do better than, you know, um, than, than what we experienced, you know? So um, I, I totally get it. Yeah. So uh, I do want to tell everybody um, about about you, how to follow you, how to find you. So your name is on the screen, uh, Instagram at my best one nine seven. For those of the people that are listening to it on Apple or Spotify, the link will be in the description so they can definitely get a hold of you um, and, you know, find out more about you, what you do, who you are, your courses, your mentorship, all of that great stuff. I, I appreciate that. Thank, I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Yeah. So. I got something I love to do on every episode. It's called Success Leads Clues Podcast. So I like to point out a couple of clues that I got from our conversation. And I'm quite sure the listeners uh, will pick up, you know, whatever else they have as well. Uh, but one thing I want to start off with is your is your resiliency. Like you say, you you went through three times what most people would see as a failure, but it only built you up. It only made you stronger. You kept pushing through it. And uh, I honestly don't think there's anything that could break you, you know, so. You just kept going. Yeah, from your mouth to God's ears, man. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, so uh, another thing is your uh, ability to get over fear. So you do it afraid, and I think that's really powerful because uh, fear can paralyze people, you know. And uh, I think you use your fear as a motivation, and you you say, "Look, I'm not going to be held back. I'm not going to be afraid of this." Uh, you analyze it properly, which is which is smart to do. But then you just go ahead and uh, press forward. And then uh, the the last thing I want to say is um, the the mentorship. So you you didn't have a mentor, but the mentorship you provide can save people a whole lot of time, a whole lot of heartache. And I think it's important that people find themselves a mentor, whatever field it is, whether it's real estate, you know, it could be you know information technology, it could be investing in stocks, whatever it is. But don't do it alone. You know, you got to find somebody who's who who can um, get you through those and navigate you through the pathway? I you, I couldn't say it better. You said everything perfectly. That's right. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. I want to remind everybody out there, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Until next time on Success Leaves Clues Podcast. Thank you, man. Appreciate you guys. Peace, y'all. Appreciate you. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.